welcome back to the Sunday Roast. Oh my God. We did it. Somehow. I am back in the bloody oven. After what can only be described as one of the most traumatic days of my life. From the moment I woke up, I was just a lost sock in a washing machine, getting tossed and turned in multiple directions that were all outside of my control. My day had more dramatic twists than an episode of Dream Team. Some of the people that I was exposed to today would make like the cast of EastEnders come across like the royal bloody family. First things first. Thank you very much to everybody for listening to the Sunday Roast. Thank you all so much for subscribing to the Patreon.com forward slash Mark Megan. I owe you the world. You're changing my life. Thank you so much. And as always, thank you to everybody for the kind messages. Uh, it's phenomenal. You are phenomenal. You are great people. Who would have thought there were many, there were as many people in the world who hate the world in the same manner in which I do? Suffice to say, we have a roast. Some of you may not follow me on Instagram, at Megan Mark. If you do follow, follow me on Instagram, at Megan Mark, you probably would have gotten a bit of insight into how dog shit my day was today. Hurricane Kira came in like a wrecking ball and ruined the entire Sunday for me and a lot of other people existing in Britain. I don't know how bad it is in Ireland at the moment, but you can tell me via, I don't know, pigeon. I'm not actually even going to bore you with how bad my my day was today. But suffice to say, I left the hotel this morning. I mean, I call it a hotel. It was more like, you know, a teepee with windows. But left that place this morning at 8am. It's now bloody 7pm and I've just gotten in the door. I'm absolutely wall falling. Nonetheless, the roast is out of the oven. Guys, it's been a big week. As I'm sure lots of you know, there is an election going on or has been going on in Ireland, which is really good because Facebook and Instagram are excellent at times like this because you get these people who haven't voted on something since the fucking X Factor, who all of a sudden fancy themselves as political pundits. But you know, people, people coming in with this mad, these like outrageous political comments, you know, the same sort of people who probably think if you were to ask them or if they were like on an episode of The Chase and they were to ask what, who Kofi Annan is, they'd probably think it's a form of Nespresso machine. You know, utterly ludicrous. The sort of guys that commit up to you in pubs and explain to you what their tattoos mean. Is there anything more boring than that? Yeah, well, actually, on the left here, if you look at this, this represents the the struggle of my family. And this uh, represents true love. And then this one here represents my, my grandfather and my grandmother and their everlasting love. Okay, but this is just like a really badly drawn Wolverine. My friend, so how, I don't really, am I missing, am I such a bloody Philistine that I don't know what, what the hell is going on here? Do you know what I mean? Absolutely outrageous. Like I was in a taxi last week in Ireland, okay? And the driver was giving me weirdly, you know, all the answers to all of the world's problems. I mean, before we'd even, like the, before the meter had reached five euro, he'd already cured c- the coronavirus and whatever, you know, with the, the election, what we actually should be doing in the election. He had that sort of absurd, nonsensical approach where he thought, 
You know, you wouldn't want to be, uh, you wouldn't want to vote for any of those, would you? Well, no, no, maybe you wouldn't, I suppose, yeah. They all have their flaws and weaknesses and strengths, etc. Well, some of them don't, but, yeah, well, I'll tell you, they're all just there to fuck you. Okay, yeah, that, that could be true. I'll tell you that much for free. Oh, uh, sorry, excuse me. You'll tell me that for free, Mr. Taximan, will you? I didn't realise your consultancy business was booming so much. Like, Rick Shaw and co were such phenomenal global consultants on the political arena that I was going to be charged a surplus for this worldly political insight. I love that, though. I also love when you're in a taxi. And, like, I always like to make small talk, obviously, with taxi drivers. And, uh, you know, I'll always say, oh, so do you ever get any runners? Do you ever get any guys trying to flee the fair and whatever? And then the taxi driver will do this thing where he just likes to locate various things in the car that he would and could and may use as a weapon against you. You know, he starts off with practical things like, oh, here's a tube full of coins. And they get a little bit more ridiculous. You notice that? Oh, yeah, there's a tube full of coins. I could use that. I could bludgeon you with that. Okay, bludgeon. That's a very aggressive verb to be using, you know, for a seven-year-old fare from Donnybrook. But anyway, you could bludgeon me with a tube full of coins. And then what's that? Oh, that's just a sock full of sand I'd like to keep down by my side just in case I need to swing up. A sock full of sand? What is this? Full metal jacket? And what's that? Well, that's just a rusty hammer. You see, you don't need a gun to... Hold on a second here. A rusty hammer is definitely a weapon. If you get stopped by the guard of SeaWorld Corner and they see that you've got a rusty hammer, a sock full of sand and a tube of Colgate coins, you're going to get arrested. This is absolute madness. Let's get down to brass tacks. Valentine's Day. Not an easy time of the year for people like me. I'm a single guy. We can put that down to a number of things. Maybe I haven't been lucky. Or maybe I'm just actively so frequently and rigorously stabbing the self-destruct button that nobody wants to be around me and they don't like my eyes or my ears or my fears, or my tears, and all of the other things that sort of the accoutrement of shortcomings. Speaking of shortcomings, no. Do you know what I mean, though? So if I say, I don't like Valentine's Day, I sort of classify Valentine's Day in the same subsect as, like, Halloween and New Year's. Both dog shit, all dog shit. I think, actually, being single on Valentine's Day is a victory. Because, I mean, we all know how infuriating it is to be watching these couples on Valentine's Day. Ooh, the boy did good. Did he? Did the boy do good? He got you a last minute spa trip on Groupon and a Michael Kors bag that you wouldn't see getting sold in a fucking Spanish flea market in Marbella. The boy did good. Also, by the way, you don't even like each other. You know these couples? You see them. They're the social media couples. They like always refer to each other as this one and the boy. Or like out here with this mad nut. What do you mean mad nut? Is she okay? Because from what I can see, you're in New York bloody city, okay? And New York of all cities is the last place you go with a mad nut. So if your girlfriend is experiencing some sort of mental trauma, you need to get that addressed. And don't be bringing her to the Big Apple, okay? People post on Insta stories. 
of these this actually this really winds me up you know these since when is it like really popular to get desserts that like explode when you're eating them you know the type you know these type of like bullshitty like molten fucking ice cream chocolate extravaganza and nonsense it's like the dubai of desserts surely these were invented in the uae Shout out to the UAE, by the way, number two in their charts. But, like, these desserts are so ridiculous. I don't want to get, like, a little jug with my dessert to pour on and go, oh, do you know what I mean? Why are you getting excited by ice cream, Denise? How lacking is your life of laughter that you're getting giddy over bloody ice cream? Oh, and uh, we are a special Valentine's dessert menu. We've got the chocolate dripped in the orange. I don't know. What? You're, where are you dipping? Why are you putting all these things in chocolate? It's not interesting. I don't want a fucking chocolate banana. This is absolute insanity. Give me a banoffee with some chocolate on top, you know? You know when you go to these restaurants? It's like f- f- the 14th of February. And uh, are you here for the Valentine's set menu? Yes. Very much so. I don't usually have to go 17 miles from my house off the M50 to a restaurant where it's 39 99 for a four-course menu. That's why I'm here, my friend. You know, when you're like, if you've ever been in a relationship, I've been there, and all of a sudden you realise as Valentine's Day is like approaching that there's a huge unspoken expectation for you to deliver the goods on Valentine's Day. So then you're scrambling like a maniacal cat on the internet the night before Valentine's Day. And then you have to try and do the sort of hard sell with your with your partner where you're like, actually, this place, look, I know it's in the airport hotel, but there's a lot to be said. You know, you get to great views. You go, what? You know what I mean? You know when you just completely fucked it. That was always my case. I, I also like, I really don't like uh, the idea of having to go to like a fancy restaurant on Valentine's Day. And I do have a, I, this is my sort of tinfoil hat moment. I do have a conspiracy, conspir, ah, good Mark. You've lost the ability to speak. I do have a conspiracy theory that a lot of like waiters in Ireland will just put on French accents in order to seem more glamorous. I mean, I've been to restaurants on Valentine's Day. And the guy will come in, you know, and uh, would madame like uh, me to take a coat? Yes, of course she would. Why is that even a question? Do you think she's going to sit here and have this steak whilst wearing a fucking North Face? This is absolutely absurd. And also, why are you wearing those white gloves? White gloves do not make me feel like this place is more fancy. You look like an absolute deviant. You're, you're the type of guy. You're the type of guy who... I don't know, like, rents out his Airbnb, but then hides a GoPro camera in the microwave or the toaster. You're an absolute pervert. Firstly, they don't even cover your hand. You look like Mickey Mouse if he had been shrunk. This is absolute madness. And then I I was in one restaurant a few years ago on a date with a girl, and then he brought out the sorbet, right? At the beginning, we hadn't even had our starters yet, and he brought out sorbet. And I was like, "Uh, no, mate, I think you got the wrong table. We haven't actually had our starters yet. And he was like oh, oh oh mark how do you know my name but uh he was like oh you have the uh sorbet before you have the soup we like to call it the mousse bouche i'm like well this is absurd 
This is totally absurd. Imagine eating a tangle twister before a pot noodle. What the hell is going on here? I don't need a melted super split in order to know that I'll need to sell a kidney just to justify this meal with the woman who probably hates me already and we're probably going to be broken up in about two months ever. Special occasion. Yeah, it's a special occasion. We're about three weeks away from a breakup, but society has surrounded us with such intensely ill advice that we feel compelled to go to a spa day on a fucking Tuesday, followed by an overpriced meal with literal slop on a plate, just to get a fucking Instagram so people know that we're in love. Absolute madness. At one point, I was so insanely in love with this person that I took them to a hotel. I couldn't even afford it. And then when I was like checking in, she like the the reception took me aside and was for like a 40 euro uh, surplus she'd be willing to like a few roses across the bedspread how does that cost money that rose like these roses do I get to keep them no 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 they're plastic this rose has been thrown across more bed sheets than the rose of t- Tennessee in Tralee in 2003 gee this is absolutely insanity I remember one time I was, I was in a relationship and it was approaching Valentine's Day. I mean, this is actually probably testament to the fact that I'm single now, but I was seeing this girl and I was in the shower one day in the flat. And basically at, at this stage of my life, I was a little bit sort of lackadaisical when it came to sort of grooming. Okay. I was a little bit oh yeah, I just feel cool. So I always have like dirty fingernails. Suffice to say, I'd forgotten to sort of manicure or pedicure rather my toenails, right? For, you know, one or two uh, years. And one, one day I was in the shower and my girlfriend was like, Mark, I need to come in and get some like face cream or something. So I was like, yeah, no, 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 don't come in, don't come in, don't come in. She's like, Mark, like, come on, I've seen... If now is not the time for disappointment, like, you know, I'm more than familiar with how average this phallus is and even less average than what you do with it, you know. But basically she came in and I sort of like had to try and hide my toenails because I was like, fuck, if she sees these, she's going to freak out. Suffice to say, she came into the bathroom and I like scrunched up my toenails. (laughs) Like there were talons underneath my feet and she saw them and was like, Oh my God, Mark, this is absolutely outrageous. We're supposed to go out for like Valentine's night in a couple of days. You need to get this figured out. And I was like, what do you mean figured out? Like I can just do it myself. And she's like, no, 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 no. This, this requires like professional service. And even then I was like, oh no, no, like there's no way. There is no way that I can go into a place that will figure this out. Let me at least do like a, a grounds. Let me do a job first myself, then go. She wasn't having any of it. So she sends me this down to this place in Chelsea, okay? She was like, this is really nice, really posh. They'll they'll completely look after you. It's this uh, like nail spa called Chloe's. It's Chinese. They're like the, apparently the best in the world. And I was like, well, like I can't afford this. But she actually paid for it because she literally was just that probably embarrassed about the state of her boyfriend's feet. Suffice to say, what succeeded then were some of the most embarrassing hours of my whole entire life. And there have been quite a few, all right? So I go down into this place. I'd never had a pedicure before. I've had two in my life. One of them was at Christmas, just gone by, which I think some of you may know about. Whereas this one was, yeah, about five years ago. I go into this place. Okay. I mean, if, if, if I could fly, I'd easily be able to like grab baby rabbits with my feet in terms of how long my toenails were. Like there are barnhouse owls probably jealous 
of the old feast that Megan had at this time. Anyway, I go in and I'm sort of sitting down in this like big chair, wide boy thing. And the lady comes over and she's lovely. And she's like, okay, so just take off your socks. I was like, oh, do I really need to? She's like, well, yes, because that's what we're, we're here to do. Now, I need to be very careful with the next uh, 30 to 40 seconds of this story because for whatever, like, I don't want to seem like I'm taking the piss out of an accent or a, a language or a culture, which I'm certainly not. But I'm just going to tell you verbatim how this unfolds, okay? So I'm sitting in this nail spa with like all your sort of Chelsea hoi polloi mums getting their nails done and stuff. And then there's me, you know, coming in looking like Onslow from Keeping Up Appearances, albeit dirtier. And I basically take off my socks and the lady who had been dealing with me, she had the mask on, okay? And she literally lifts up the mask and just starts gesturing to all of her other colleagues who are like in a row working with other people. And she was like, and I was like, shut the fuck up, shut the, what, what the hell is going on here? And then she like looked up at me. She looked up at me with what can only be described as the saddest eyes known to humankind. And she was like, why you leave this so bad? <laughs> and I was like, what? And she's like, you might need to go to hospital. And I was like, no, surely not, surely not. So yeah, it was honestly the most disastrous thing think about love and the various sort of human interactions required one of my first ports of call is always romantic films i love romantic films who doesn't it would be remiss if i didn't address romantic movies and the pop culture that unfolds and how it affects the way that we perceive and view love ourselves one of the romantic films i was thinking about last week 51st dates with adam sandler Essentially, 90 minutes of a moron trying to seduce somebody with an incredibly serious brain injury. Also featuring a brother with an intense addiction to muscle-enhancing drugs. Oh, so this is like... Imagine, like imagine, imagine this in the sort of the, the, the room where the writers came up with this concept and were sort of pitching it to the commissioners. And they, te- they, they say that. And then the commissioner's like, okay, so... This is obviously a drama, is it? No, 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 mate. It's comedy. Think of the laughs. Every day she forgets what happens the day before. Hilarious. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, but I, I'm assuming obviously like they don't have sex or anything like that because this is an individual with a serious, serious lifelong brain injury. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> they do have sex. But then, this is this is the classic banter now. They do have sex, but then she wakes up in the middle of the night and hits him in the head with a cricket bat. This is just, this is crack. You're in. Sandman, you're in. Absolutely fucking outrageous. But look, as a single uh, person who is Irish, and living in London, you know, I'm always sort of open to new experiences and encounters and hopefully potentially finding somebody that I fall in love with and who falls in love with me and reciprocates and we can start a great life together. And it's quite hard to sort of separate the wheat from the chaff on their perspective and mine because 
A, being Irish in London is very difficult because, you know, a lot of English people seem to think it's hilarious to to just imitate your accents. It's one of the biggest fucking problems that I have with living in the UK is that you're like, oh, Harry, man, what's the story? All right. Uh, Harry, man, what's the story? Excuse me. Would you do that if I was from Lahore? If I was from Cairo, would you do that? No, you would not. So why do you think it's okay and appropriate to do it to the Irish? But let's not go down that route. Suffice to say, I've been on so many bad first dates. I've been catfished so many times. I should get some sort of British Angling of the Year award. Because this is absolutely insane. I just don't understand how you you, you could have a bad date. Like, surely just, at the very least, just... Enjoy yourself. Go out, hang out with somebody for the evening, learn a little bit about them, and then call it a day. So many friends of mine like test me like, oh, really hope it's a good day. But what do you mean like a good date? Yeah, if there's a connection with the person. But like some people, they're sort of like, oh, I really, uh, I'm hoping to go to this place because that should be a good date. I'm like, man, that's mental that you're overthinking it this much. Surely just go on the date and see how well you get along. And also, what's the very worst that can happen? You don't get along. Like, I mean, I, I'm I'm actually a complete rat. Again, testament to the fact that I'm still single. I like to make up little games when I'm on a date. If I'm, if I'm, look, you know, sometimes you're at a really shit date, okay? And you're not enjoying it remotely. And you're doing that really rudimentally dog shit sort of conversation of, so uh, do you like uh, listening to music? Um, yes, I do, Graham. Do you like drinking glasses of water? Do you know what I mean? Like, what on earth is this? So if I'm ever in that sort of situation, I just like to test the boundaries a bit and come out with some absolutely insane things. Stage one is where basically (laughs) I like to do this thing where I'll throw in just absurd phrases that don't make like any sense just to see how engaged the other individual actually is. So for instance, I'll finish every like anecdote or story or joke with just some completely nonsensical uh, like term sort of, you know, she says, Oh, and you, you, you've, you've ever been to Europe? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah. But then I'll say something like, yeah, I've been to France, but at the end of the day, you know, if you don't, if you bring a dog to a disco, you don't expect him to dance, you know? And if she says sort of like, yeah, yeah, no, I know. Then, you know, it's done. I feel like the process of going on dates is more exhausting than the actual, excuse me, dates themselves. Because, like, it's not difficult to go for a few drinks with somebody. Just have a conversation. Do you know what I mean? I went on a date with a girl about a year ago. Um, I'll be honest, okay, uh, the immediate red flag was the fact that she wore Crocs. Genuinely, I met her at the crossroads. See you at the. I met her at the crossroads in Earl's Court in London, and I swear to God, when I saw the Crocs, I was literally waiting for Demi Moore's ex-husband to jump out in a Von Ditch hat and start shouting loudest things at me. Like Crocs, are you taking the fucking piss? Do yourself a certain favor. Anyway, we actually ended up having a very nice date with the person until uh, we went we went back to my house and certain things unfolded. And then I texted her later on. I called her Crocodile Dungee. <laughs>
Guys, thank you so much for listening to the Sunday Roast. I really appreciate it. Deeply. Thank you to everybody who has subscribed to the Patreon. I'm not going to apologise for today because it is incredibly difficult to do this and a full-time job and an attempt at a sociable and personal life at the same time. But thank you so much for listening. Thank you all for your kind messages. As I said before, as a man who frequently marches under the black sun of depression, this does make a huge amount of difference to my sense of well-being. Not that you should be my only source of well-being, but it does make a difference. So thank you. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. And also thank you for bearing with me today when, you know, the situation was out of my control. And let's go.